0: Blog Talk Radio
1: BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering and mathematics. BDPAI Radio show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions and the black community. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology.
2: Welcome to the BDPA iRadio show. I'm Jayla Cruz. Tonight is Tuesday, October twenty seventh, 2015, and our guests are Gene Wadi, CEO of Diversion, Kyle Rivers, instructor at Bloomfield College, and Dr. Charlene Roberson, STEM program director of Towson University. Our co-hosts include myself, Tim Buck, Ron Storey. Our studio engineer is Everardo Gallimore, and our producer is Fran McNeil. So let's get started with our first interview with Jean Waddy, CEO of Diversion. Fran? Well,
0: yes, thank you. Thank you, Jayla, so much for that introduction. We are very, very excited at BDPA iRadio to have with us tonight our wonderful lineup of guests, including G. Wadi, who is, who was, excuse me, a presenter at the 2015 BDPA Technology Conference. His presentation was very thoughtful and encouraged many BDPA members who were in, in attendance to prepare to succeed in their career choices. Gene is a visionary entrepreneur and the owner of Diversant. Diversant is the nation's largest Black-owned IT staffing and solutions firm. The company has enjoyed dramatic growth even during the economic downturn. And the company does over $100 million in annual sales. So we're very excited to have Gene share his thoughts on how minority youth can get involved with technology and how they can use it to advance their careers and lives. Gene is active in a number of organizations, including his fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha. He was named a winner of the 2013 Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year in New Jersey, and, again, we're very excited to hear his insights and observations. So, Jean, welcome to BDPA iRadio. How are you this evening?
3: I am well, and thank you, Fran and BDPA, for having me.
0: It is absolutely our pleasure. And it's it's almost, you know, just bone chilling to read your bio because the accomplishments that you have achieved and the way that you continue to reach out to the community um, at large and the IT community itself is very, very exciting. So I am just curious if you would share with our audience How did you first find out about BDPA?
3: Well, um, there there are several people uh, that can uh, share in the credit for that. But one person who stands out is the incomparable Felicia Jones from BDPA Atlanta. And uh, that's how I really got roped in uh, to BDPA. And uh, if you've ever met Felicia Jones, once you're involved, you stay involved. (laughs) So I'm proud to say that. (laughs) Uh, she got me started on the path, and now I'm picking up speed and continuing to participate. Uh, we are now sponsors on a national level. Um, after uh, attending the national convention in Washington, D.C., this summer, and meeting such great people as uh, the co-founder, uh, Earl Pace, uh, other BDPA presidents like uh, Rico Singleton and Wayne Hicks, Michael Wolf. Uh, awesome and com- just committed people, and even my 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 brother from new jersey uh, mike williams uh, so it 's been it 's been great uh, so far and then attending that convention, if I may, uh, really was just earth shattering for me I mean seeing Colin Powell uh, give the keynote uh, at that convention just blew my mind completely because I had no idea that he was an i t guy when he came out of the service before he started his journey which culminated with him, with him being the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Uh, so it was awesome. So BDPA continues to to amaze and surprise me.
0: Well, it, it, I, I am so glad that you referred to the conference. And, of course, I mean, so many people benefited by your sponsorship and by your presentation, and I think part of what, makes the conference such a um annual, you know, memorable moment, uh, point in time is that so many IT professionals and people from all walks of life come together um, to hear the different stories. And Colin Powell's story was indeed very powerful. You, Jean, in your role, I, th- I thought what was very fascinating is when you were on the stage, um, a member of your team was interviewing you and you had an opportunity to talk about your story, Um, how you started the company, how you grew the company, and um, what your role uh, is as CEO. And I'm wondering if you can kind of share some highlights for our listeners who may not have been at the conference.
3: Sure, sure. So uh, my role at the conference was, of course, first to to be an observer and, and, and be a learner, to soak it all in but I was privileged enough to be a presenter. And one of the challenges was the diversity within the audience because you had high school kids and then you had seasoned professionals uh, in the audience. So my message was really one of empowerment and community empowerment to be more specific Um, and leveraging my position as a business leader slash community leader, whatever title you want to use, but being involved almost as an evangelist to bring people together, raise uh, the awareness of STEM education in our community, and you know use that position at that podium uh, to, to do so. So it was very, very exciting for me. I'm still reaping benefits uh, from it. I'm still uh, in touch with folks who were in the audience and heard the message. And basically at the end of the day, Fran, it was about conveying my story and how STEM set me free. I'm an engineering major. I've, I've worked as a professional engineer for a few years, but now I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a job creator. So I was showing the linkage and the path that STEM opened for me, a blue-collar kid from New Jersey who, you know, uh, whose father worked in a factory for 32 years, whose mom, who's still with me, as a home, was a homemaker, and just had very humble beginnings. But STEM is what opened those doors. Engineering taught me how to think, how to analyze, how to grind, how not to give up, and to break down big problems into small, digestible pieces. And that's a skill I use as a CEO, I use it as a father, I use it as a community leader, it's always with me. And that was kind of my message, is that STEM is very broad, and there's a lot of different paths, but they're all good. They're all good at the end of the day, so I really want to leave the audience with that message,
0: and a very powerful message. And I love the energy. I mean, it, it's it's eight thirty eight in the evening on a Tuesday <laughs> evening, and and you are in that evangelistic mode uh, right now, which is which is really really wonderful. Um, in taking that energy, I mean, I guess in a lot of ways, your CEO all the time, whether it's in the business, or as you mentioned, as a father, as a community leader, but specifically as as CEO of Diversant, um, what does that mean? How has the engineering background and the STEM uh, background helped prepare you to lead um, and manage a $100 million company?
3: Well, that's that's a great question, and and since I know that there are people from diverse on this phone, I want to be accurate. Our revenue now is 150 million. Forward tracking, we did
0: a oh, good, that. good. Entrepreneurs <laughs> are always concerned with a uh, right uh, with, with metrics, numbers, so numbers, I wanted numbers, right. I wanted you to correct me on that. Um, <laughs> so, see, folks, just growth just happens.
3: <laughs> well, we just did the acquisition, so uh, it's been an exciting uh, summer for us. But you know, back to your question, you know, like I said before, the engineering degree teaches me how to be analytical and to sit back and look at the data. You know, take the data and use that to make decisions. But you also have to mix in with that data a certain human element because when you're a chief executive officer, you are dealing with people teams of people, and you have to blend that in. So you can't be a computer. You can't be a machine. And I think that is what we really can use as professionals to differentiate ourselves in the marketplace. Use that analytical STEM background, but blend in the human factor to understand interconnectivity between groups of people, sometimes across town, but other times across the world. Use that human people. When you blend those two things together and you become more of a creative type with the analytics and with the logic and the uh, uh, stick-to-itiveness, if that's a word, uh, tenacity, if you will, you mix those Mm -hmm. all together and now you've got something. And that's what you see. When you see diversity, when you see me uh, uh, being uh, evangelical about what we do, what we believe, and what STEM can do for us as a community, that's what you're seeing. You're seeing 20 something almost 30 years of development you know Mm. coalesced around one role which is the role of the ceo but it didn't happen overnight so you know that's the message i want to leave with the listeners and anyone that i come across is that you're never a finished product you're using Mm. what you learn every day to become better and more connected and that's how you drive the bus forward. So when you see diversity at 150 million, first of all, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants that came mm-hmm. generations before I was even born. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Secondly, mm-hmm. I've had great, great mentors. And Thirdly, I had excellent, excellent, very smart people who make me look smart. That's the mm-hmm. thing. I surround myself mm-hmm. with people who are better than me at the end of the day. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed to say it. I surround myself. I'm shameless about talent
1: mm-hmm.
3: and mm-hmm. talent acquisition. and you get that team together, you sit back and you watch it work. You empower them, you be in service to them. I practice servant leadership. That's that's different than being in it for yourself. That's serving mm-hmm. others. And then once you mm-hmm. do that and you pay it forward, miracles happen. And Diversant is a $150 million miracle going to $300 million miracle. <laughs>
0: I was going to say what's next uh you know just literally <laughs> over the summer 50 million dollars appeared so I I'm wondering you know two years from now where you'll be well
4: in, in speaking about well, vision
0: okay well, good
4: you know, we think about two
3: years from now listen uh If you have, you know, if you're interested in buying it, you have a check, talk to me. No problem. I'm always pulling (laughs) to an an offer. But, Fran, we want to build a great business that does great in the community and can Mm -hmm. be a beacon for a minority community to move forward into STEM and feel comfortable doing so, knowing that Mm -hmm. there are people in this realm that will help. And that's what it's all about.
0: Well, that is a wonderful segue into my next question, because BDPA, um, and I'll even use the word, prides itself on being able to focus on young people through various programs like the High School Computer Competition. So. My question is, what's your vision for how minority youth can get involved with technology and how they can use it to advance their careers and lives? You've done a wonderful uh, job of, of sharing with us how it's impacted you. But what's your vision for minority youth?
3: Well, Fran, I mean, first of all, I could go all night on that question alone. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Okay, we'll set set up a special edition (laughs) just for you.
3: (laughs) That's a good hour worth of discussion, but I'll try to (laughs) coalesce into a few key points. The first thing we need to do uh, is to get the message out. And I said earlier, sort of Mm -hmm. tongue-in-cheek, but I meant it, STEM shall set you free. And I believe that. Mm -hmm. We've got to start that messaging, expose these kids to the coolness of STEM and counteract Mm -hmm. uh, some of the negatives that all too often go along with being smart in our community. Mm -hmm. This is one Mm -hmm. of the things that holds our kids back. Listen, it's okay to have a good basketball game. I mean, listen, I'm 6'3", ball-headed black man. I get it. And I played more than my Mm -hmm. fair share of ball back in the day, but when I was a lot lighter, of course. uh, Just to Mm -hmm. fit in. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. I actually hated it. I didn't really like it, but I did it just to go along and fit in. You know, it's okay to know the lyrics to the latest uh, hip-hop song. I got that. But it's also okay to be smart, and we've got to get that out there. And that's where we STEM adults come in. We need to show these kids how we live today and where we came from. That's key. And if they see people that look like them, Fran, I'm convinced. People that they can relate to, I'm convinced that they will take to STEM like fish to water. We've got to mm-hmm. speak to them in a way that they understand. And they eventually will believe in STEM and believe that it is for them. So after we get that message out, then the real work begins because the message is just talking. But to mm-hmm. really really get that rubber meeting the road, we've got to take action and bring these kids into our work life. We've got to show them what it means to be maybe, I don't know, mobile apps, Developer on an, on the iPhone or doing uh, uh, something for a, a company like a Verizon. Show them the cool stuff. Show them the drones. You know, uh, tell them how much these innovators and these programmers and these STEM people make. You have to make it real for them. You know, because if mm-hmm. you're just looking at classroom, let's face it, a STEM curriculum is 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 hard. Twenty two mm-hmm. credits a semester. Grinding, grinding, while some of your buddies are out hanging out at the, at the pub or playing sports, you're up all night stressing out. That's not an easy mm-hmm. way to be introduced to it, but that is the way it happens for most of us. We've got to talk to them about what's on the other side of those 22 credits a year and what type of monies they can make and then the freedom that STEM can give them. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I am now a CEO. I'm a job creator, quote-unquote.
1: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. on the
3: back of STEM a lot of hard work. And so if we show them, they will come. They will believe in it. So that's just that's, that's mm. my
1: two cents.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. And I, I am going to uh, leave that as the part of the two lessons that you'd like to share. Jean, I am going to make sure that we get that hour dedicated just to you. And, and we can probably even swing a full 90 minutes just for you to focus on some key points. As we wrap up, um, What are what are some final thoughts that maybe you didn't have a chance to touch on that you'd like to leave our audience with Um, as we move on to the other two interviews for this evening.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, first of all, Fran, I do want to say thank you again uh, to to you and all who are within the sound of my voice uh, for tuning in this evening. Uh, It's always humbling uh, to be given an opportunity to speak to people and speak to my peers like this. This is a passion of mine, and, um, you know, again, it just gives me so much energy uh, to be a part of something like this. Um, my final thought would be, among many, but this is one that I, that's kind of personal, uh, and I would tell people on the phone and on the radio listening in, don't be satisfied with the status quo. And what I mean by that is I, my belief is as a people, we've been almost conditioned to be okay with steady state. We don't like to rock the boat. So,
1: mm.
3: you know, we need to break that paradigm. We need to start looking over the horizon to prepare for what's coming. You know, you may have a great position today and that's awesome, but things are going to change. Be prepared. I'm in the staffing business. Keeping my finger on the pulse of the job market is what I do for a living. And my mm-hmm. advice would be to continually shop your brand and your product, which is yourself. Think like an owner, invest in yourself. You know, spend time marketing yourself. Leverage firms like mine to understand what the market trends are for your particular STEM skill set. And don't be afraid to stick your toe in the water because knowledge is power. And you can drive your career forward with that knowledge. And I'm here to help anyone who needs that help to understand where they are in the arc of their career and, and earnings and all those things. Please do not hesitate contact
0: wow jean thank you so much and i want to again um, share with our listening audience that you have taken time out of your schedule to be with us. You're the CEO of Diversant. Folks can find Diversant on the web at www.diversant.com D-I-V-E-R-S-A-N-T and thank you for being a sponsor of the 2015 National Conference for BDPA. Very exciting. I love your energy. Um, Wayne Hicks knows that when I say we will set up a special edition, we will set up the special edition. So I will be contacting your team to make that happen. And if it needs to be early in the morning or um on a weekend or whatever, we will make it happen. So thanks again for being a Thank guest you. on our show. Thank you. You're so welcome. Much, I appreciate it. You're welcome. We're now going to take a brief commercial break and when we come back, Jayla Cruz, our co-host, will be interviewing Kyle Rivers, instructor with Bloomfield College.
1: BDPA is the premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African-Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group sites, Twitter and Facebook.
2: Welcome back. Up next, we have Kyle Rivers, instructor of Bloomfield College. So let me first start off with, the introduction. Kyle Rivers is a volunteer instructor. Uh, the weekly p- program welcomes students from 24 New Jersey schools and provides instruction in areas such as web development, application development, and database design and development. Kyle trained the high school students who represented BDPA New Jersey in the National High School Computer Competition Championship held at the 2015 National Technology Conference. The team came in fifth place, winning a Dr. Jesse Bimley Scholarship for their performance, the second highest ranking in the history of BDPA New Jersey chapter. The relationship between BDPA New Jersey and Bloomfield College is unique. Our audience would love to hear more about the Strategic Alliance we would also love to hear about Kyle's experience in the training as well as his actual experience in the Washington DC computer competition conference during the week. So with that Kyle, how are you?
5: Hi, I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm uh thanks for for being here. I'm uh really appreciative for uh the chance to share about my experience over the summer and for the past year with the program. And, um, you know, I should, I should just say now that, uh, um, the, the New Jersey chapter of BDPA, the, uh, um, all the way from Horm Rhymes, the, you know, past president, Goldie, Bonnie, um, the, the leadership team of the New Jersey chapter, and especially, um, the, uh, the co-instructor, Mike Williams, and the family, the parents, all those people that, you know, we really, uh, you know we're so proud of what we did this year we're so happy of course we want and we're always looking for you know trying to do better each time but you know we 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 were able to end the summer and on a very good note and just uh thankful to be here
2: how did you first find out about BDPA and why did you get involved
5: that's a uh, it's an interesting story i was actually uh i attended one of the Uh, programs that the uh, New Jersey chapter sponsors the Family and Technology Day and at the time um, I was uh, I didn't live too far away from where they hosted it at Rutgers and uh, my daughter and I we rode our bikes up to the space and I think we had just kind of stumbled upon it and I met Goldie Bonnie at the uh, desk and I said oh what's going on and she told me all about it and uh you know i, I work in uh really in the related field I, you know i do web development so got to know people and you know I felt it was great to you know, as a professional to to connect with other uh kind of technically inclined uh people but also the fact that they were uh having really great workshops for the family and and the chance to win a a computer i said let me let me stay in and uh, find out more. So we, we stayed. Uh, we didn't win the lottery. That's okay. We didn't get a computer. But we we hung around. We learned a lot. And I got to talking to Goldie um, over the course of the year. Um, and she, you know, mentioned the HSC program, the sites program, and she said, do you want to be involved? And I said, you, uh, sure. You know, uh, I, immediately I didn't get involved. Um it took about a year or two for me to finally figure out a way to to get involved. But when I, uh, I, I started working at uh, Bloomfield College, and at the time uh, the position was uh, webmaster, and, um, you know, I thought it would be a great way for the program the way she had described it for it to be brought to a uh, college setting. Um, I know I took basically my experience when I was in when in school and I always thought it was really exciting when I was in school to do programs at colleges and you know, I wanted I thought it might be a good environment for for the students that were in the program. So that was kind of the start of it. And then in talking with uh Steve uh Kreutzer, who's the chair of the computer science program at Bloomfield College, uh we talked more about uh how to incorporate uh the college students and uh, I had worked in student programming, uh, you know, before I got to uh, Bloomfield, and I really wanted to figure out a way to bring in the college student experience with the high school students. So we drafted a program for a peer mentoring program for the high for for the college students to add that extra layer and add that bridge, that generational bridge for the high school students to be mentored by the college students. So it ended up being a really great program where there's this uh, there was this uh, circle of intergenerational um, uh, mentorship that was happening. The college students were mentoring the high school students. Uh, the professionals were mentoring the college students. And, in fact, to tell you the truth, and that's what I've noticed out of the kind of the heart and the spirit of BVPA. because even for myself, I found myself having the – you know, the good fortune of having some mentorship for myself. So it was really all the way around just an amazing um uh opportunity to be a part of making that uh making that happen.
2: What type of instructor are you? What's your teaching style like?
5: Uh I would say um hmm, that's an interesting question. Now I, I can't really take well, I can talk about for myself, but I would say this: um, every game or every bit of accomplishment that we've had this year in the in most recent years has really been driven by um, Mike Williams, who's the I call him the the master teacher. Um, he he's really the heart behind everything. I think for me, I, I kind of the role I've played has been a role of um, you know maybe filling in in gaps where I, where I saw them or where I thought they might be sometimes I was wrong and just trying to be helpful but as an instructor I would say my the key for me is to um I believe in um students working in a um working in a, a project based model I believe in and I uh, you know, try to put that into practice as much as possible um also students again the mentorship piece i think students get a lot from their peers or close to their peers and then uh there's a lot of uh kind of just training training and 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 repetition i think there's a part of it that some pieces just need to be kind of ingrained and then they, there's another side to it where i think there's an independent learning uh component as well so there's all those things that mix together i think um but at the end um you know, I, my kind of, I, I think my position was more of a, you know, kind of a second to uh, where, where Mike wanted to lead things.
2: What was your experience like at the 2015 conference and also working with the HSCC program?
5: Oh, it was phenomenal. Um, uh, the, uh the program throughout the year we did about 24 weeks so it was grueling
3: <laughs>
5: and it was uh you know at times we were we were exhausted and it toward the end uh we really you know we, we hit a we hit that moment where we said okay we can we can slow down or we can speed up uh and try to do more and try to do better and we so it was a long year um but uh at the same time it was so incredibly rewarding to see the students um turn on to a different technology or or expand their their knowledge or to get to another level. And that was for the college students as well. The college students would you know came in with uh quite frankly they were volunteers. They didn't uh they weren't paid. They stuck with stuck with us. They uh in fact we're very proud that even the year before, our first year doing it, one of our college students um you know, went to the career fair and was was hired by uh one of the uh uh by Johnson and Johnson who is actually uh one of the one of the big sponsors down there. So just the, the rewarding experience of seeing everyone grow, seeing the parents um really committed to making sure that their students uh you know learn that new skill or even some of our students whose parents weren't as involved, but you know, knowing that the students were committed, and they had committed themselves to being there, and for them to grow, you just, just, I think that was the most exciting thing for seeing that uh, the students that walked in the door, knowing just a, uh, just a, just a little, but with a little bit of interest growing to another level and then the students said maybe we're returning for the next year, being able to get some success and 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 really get a get a get a greater win than they did the year before. All those things are just incredibly rewarding.
2: Sometimes the challenges with the HSCC competition can be working together in a team. What's your advice for um creating a strong team
5: uh, t- uh, communication um, I think that's really key once they have the, the 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 necessary skills uh the technical skills uh knowing what their roles are uh and having a plan practice and more practice and more practice and then at finally a point where they can actually have a a certain um, uh, level of uh, communication and problem-solving in in chemistry. And all of that requires, because the competition, they only have eight hours to get anything done. And and this is really, these aren't my ideas. These are just what we worked on, and these are things that, quite frankly, um, you know, uh, Mike Williams brought to the table uh from early on uh it, it took probably years i think he had a lot of that already sorted out but it was years of trial and error uh and discovery that uh kind of brought things together for us to get to the, the level where we we got to last year which was just uh putting all those things together with the, the uh more practice Better communication. We did Im- incorporate some, you know, student, uh, you know, uh, you know, exercises that really had no- nothing to do with uh, technology, but just team building exercises that you can use in any field. Um, all those played a part.
2: Okay, nice. That's great, great advice. Why would you recommend that other professionals volunteer uh, to the EPA?
5: Uh, because, uh, well, I think we're looking at the next generation, uh, and there's two things. We're looking at the next generation, but we're also looking at an institution that needs, that deserves our, as much support as possible. I'm talking about BDPA being, uh, in this arena for, what, more than 40 years, um, I think HCCC is uh, over 35 years, I believe. Um, this is an organization that has been doing this great work for for a long time and doing it very well. And, you know, I think we're in an age where more people are recognizing that technology is important, technology is in our lives in every way, and that's great, and th- there's a great need. I mean, you look at some of the, the articles and figures, there's going to be, you know, uh, by 2020, we're looking at a totally different landscape of technology jobs. Um, and so there's a push to get our students, um, students who may have been overlooked in the past, to turn them on to the technology. And I think that's really important. And however our students are found or excited about it, all the better. Um but an organization like Bdpa should really be second to none, in the sense that they are delivering something, and they've been in this, and they're not a Johnny Come Lately, and the heart is in the right place. So, in my view, it's an it's an excellent platform and place for a professional to come and share what they know and turn it over to the next generation. It's 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 it that's Bdpa is. Is, is a is a phenomenal place to do that.
2: Excellent. What final thoughts as we wrap up here? What do you like to share with the B A radio audience? Uh
5: you know get involved. It's uh you know, and maybe this is the final thought. I forgot to mention that um even before that, what got me to get involved was I was actually part of a. I'm part of a. Um, part of a, a Christian fraternity called International Christian Brotherhood, and part of my uh, kind of pledge process in that fraternity was to come up with uh, a uh, community service uh, activity, and this was my community service activity, right? Um, so in a sense, maybe the final thought is get involved with BDPA the same way people might say, and, you know, and i you know, this is hopefully not going to uh, make anyone feel, uh, who's maybe not Christian, uh, in any way, uh, excluded, but in, in the church, there's a the saying of, you know, be the church, right? Well, you know, in BDPA or any organization, what makes it is the people who are part of it. So be a part of it, be it. And, you know, maybe that's the final thought. If you want to see something better happen, something good happen, get in and see where you can fit in, and thank and 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 try to make that happen. And I'm thankful that there was a space for me to get involved to do something that uh, was positive. And I'm very uh, very grateful for all of the again families, the students, and the people the leadership and and especially the uh, co, uh, you know, the the master teacher, Mike Williams.
2: (laughs) All right. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so much for taking the time out to interview with us today.
5: No problem. Thank you so much.
2: It's been a pleasure to listen in and to interview. And up next, we will head over to our next interview, Uh, but right now we will take a word from our sponsor. The BDPA
0: Education and Technology Foundation, a nonprofit organization that exists for the
2: sole purpose of funding BDPA programs Scholarships and services around the nation. Follow us on Facebook, www.facebook.com
0: forward slash BDPA Foundation, or Twitter, www.twitter.com forward slash BDPA well welcome back to bdpai radio it's been a very exciting show and with us now on the line is dr charlene robertson charlene how are you this evening hi Fran. i'm wonderful and you excellent excellent oh it is so exciting to talk with you again it's just fascinating the way the world of networking goes and um, it, it's just, again, great to have you on a, as a guest with BDPA I Radio. Now, tonight, you are representing Tows- Towson University as the STEM program director. So, um, I'm going to read just a little bit about your bio and then jump in with some questions. Now, a listening audience, you are definitely in for a treat. Um, Dr. Charlene Roberson is a longtime member of BDPA. For many years, she served as the HSCC coordinator for the BDPA Philadelphia chapter. And while she was working in private industry, she continued her education and eventually received her doctorate in education, degree in educational leadership and organizational management from the University of Pennsylvania. In 2014, she went to work for Towson University as a STEM program director. In that role, she coordinates student success strategies and interventions, such as STEM programming, expanded tutoring services, one-on-one advising, and cohort meetings. She works closely with the STEM Scholars and Thousand Opportunities in STEM, and the acronym is TOP Students, and she's maintained her membership with BDPA for decades, and so it is with great pleasure and excitement that I welcome you to the show. Uh, so thanks, for, thanks for being here. Thank you. You're welcome. So I know that I said you've been a longtime member of BDPA, but take us back. How did you first find out about BDPA? Uh,
4: Well, I guess I found out about BDPA in, I want to say, the um, Mm mid-1980s from colleagues and friends who were members of the organization. Um, I attended and participated in several networking events that were being held at the time, attended monthly meetings. Um, I believe at that time they were held at the Federal Reserve and then at Cigna. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: So um, I, you know, I had friends who were in the organization. I think Priscilla Wynne was a president at one time. Donald Campbell was president.
1: Beverly Mm -hmm. Sanders
4: was president. So it was an excellent vehicle for networking and providing leadership to the next generation of IT professionals. I became involved in planning um, with the Philadelphia Conference when it was held here and was Mm -hmm. active, as you said, as the HSCC director for five years with Leonard Dantzler and Mike Barney. um, So that Mm -hmm. kept me involved working with the students. And it's always, always, always wonderful I love working with the young people and seeing them and feeling their energy and their excitement when they're learning to code and when we are able to take them to compete in the competition. During um, the last decade, I participated as a judge for the high school computer competition at the national conferences. So I, I went to the other side, and instead of um, training the students, now I have been um judging the students at the national
0: competition. Well, that is just sort of going full circle. And, you know, it's fascinating how quickly time flies. But the initial contact through the networking and being involved in different leadership roles is really one of the advantages that BDPA offers to everyone. Tell us a little bit about this you know, your personal journey um, in terms of furthering your education and getting the doctorate and um, how you got into the role that you currently have.
4: Well, I guess I could say that I'm, I, I'm just a lifelong learner. So mm-hmm. education always appeals to me. And so, you know, I already had a master's degree, so getting the doctorate was just ascending to the next level, so to speak. Mm. Um, My third position, I've I've only been in since uh, August of last year at Towson University as the STEM program director. And so I work with um, two programs. One is uh, 90 students in a STEM residential learning community where all of the students are housed together in um, a dormitory that also has a classroom. It has lounges with whiteboards where they can study and study groups. They have peer mentors and RAs who are all STEM majors um, in that residential learning community. The other uh, program is the Towson Opportunities in STEM, where I recruit students from the Baltimore City and Baltimore County school districts and oversee planning and evaluation of those programs. Um, working with different partners to expand the tutoring opportunities, providing internships and summer opportunities, and also serving as a freshman year um, advisor. And I also facilitate a class um, about careers in science and technology and provide support for those students. Most often students know what they want to major in, but they're not sure how to connect that to a career. So um, that course tries to uh, flush all of that out for them.
0: Wow, those are three very different roles and yet they connect. I'm almost picturing a visual of braided hair. You know how you take uh, three strands and then pull them together and then you have this wonderful braid. That concept of a residential program with whiteboards and a classroom and sort of a, it's like having a, a language intensive. Um, that's really cool. And then to have a specialty program and then for you to teach. Um, what's what's most challenging about the opportunity with the three roles and what's most rewarding? Um, because it seems like you're in kind of the vortex of, 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 something, you know, really powerful.
4: Well, I guess what's most challenging is having the students understand and realize that there are opportunities that exist for them as a STEM major, and they just need to persist in that major in order to take advantage of those opportunities. Oftentimes um, students, even though they know what they want to major in, they're not sure. Um, And so just providing them with um, career advice, having them talk to people who are in those careers one-on-one, saying, okay, this is what I do every day, Um, having uh, field trips to different places, um, Mm. facilitating the course about careers, having other specific speakers come in to address um some of the issues that they may have so all of mm-hmm. that encompasses um what goes on in the stem in both of those stem um programs.
0: Mhm. Wow. so that, that wow. that's
4: kind of that it is a little challenging but it's also rewarding um the when you see them the next year and they say oh, I figured it out or the next summer they've taken advantage of a summer opportunity and they come back and they tell you, oh, I spent six weeks um, learning how doctors work and shadowing a doctor. So that's the rewarding piece when they actually mm. comes together for them.
0: Right, right. Well, given that, that you have the opportunity to see them, you know, freshman year and then see them after the summer, um, work with them as a, a faculty member in the classroom and then also work with them as a mentor. What's your vision for how youth? And I, I asked the same question of Jean, um, but I'm going to ask it of you how youth can get involved in technology, um, particularly if they're not part. Of a university program.
4: Well, I, I, you know, I echo some of his sentiments um, about mm-hmm. getting the word out um, because there mm-hmm. are there are lots and lots and lots of STEM programs at all levels in in, in our communities. Um, so BDPA is one prime example. It's a national organization and it has chapters in almost every major city. So getting the word out about the high school computer program program, getting the word out about the i t showcase, getting the word out about the um mobile application development, going into the schools, letting them know about about programs, sponsoring a robotics program um you know being a judge in a science fair those are ways that you if we can um tell our story and get students involved in some of the programs that exist um, and that they may not be aware of or may not know about. A lot of these Mm -hmm. programs, there's no cost associated with them. It's just the time um, element. Mm. Um, Also, um, you know, the informal science such as museums and zoos and things like that. Sometimes we can just sponsor some of those activities for students to get them interested and involved in... um,
0: them and technology. Well that's a good that's a good point. I mean I think they're whether it's the edutainment movement or the gamification or just the fact that when people are relaxed um they're more receptive and there's you know an aspect of creative learning. So I hadn't really thought about a role that people can play can play is in sponsoring um activities where students are getting together um, with each other and they're around adults that can share. That's that's a really good point. Um, you have, in being involved in BDPA, one thing she mentioned is um, the conference has been in Philadelphia several times. Last, uh, in 2015, it was in uh, DC and the year before it was in Baltimore. Um, what role do your students play or how involved is BDPA um in you know the work that you do right now with your students is there a chapter the BDPA chapter at your university are there BDPA um members who are Um, involved in some of the projects that you're working on? And if not, you know, how can we make that, how can we support you in making some of those connections?
4: Currently, um, I have a, a, a few students who have taken advantage of BDPA memberships, but I do not believe that they have actually attended any meetings. But BDPA representatives have participated in our STEM career fairs this year and last year. So they've been able to um, come onto campus and participate in panel discussions and one-on-one conversations with the students and talk about the IT field with students who are interested in entering the IT field.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, I know that um, there's two things. One, um, in the event, uh, I guess, particularly for the residential program, if there is Skype or Google Hangouts, um, there are a number of entrepreneurs that work maybe non-traditional hours, I'll call them, and uh, if you wanted to set up um, some kind of webinar or chat with entrepreneurs who are involved in technology. I could help coordinate that as a way of having um, learning and exchange, you know, in the evening. Um, And then the other thing is uh, as students participate, whether it's the STEM scholars or the TOPS program, if there are students that you feel have a uh, strong story to share um, in that to four minute format, we can um, set up a special edition show where they can talk a little bit about your program and then some of the takeaways that they have as a result of being a STEM scholar or as a result of an internship, which they um, had the opportunity to receive by being involved with your university. So, you know, please please consider BDPA I Radio and our connections and our commitment to helping youth in technology um, as an extension of your uh, educational offerings.
4: Okay. Thank you for that. Um, thank you for the opportunity. And I will follow up with you afterwards. Mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. that I have a few student's... Um, I'm sure that I have a few students that are able to take advantage of that. Um, I do have a lot of students who are in the IT slash computer science major and a few of them who are in the cybersecurity track.
0: Mm. So, okay.
4: They are really, really interested in um, ca- careers in science um, in technology once they graduate. So,
0: Excellent. Excellent. So as we begin to kind of wrap up the um, interview process, what are two lessons that you'd like to share with our BDPA audience, um, either based on your current career or some of the roles that you've uh, played in the past?
4: I guess I would say um, one would be to network, always, always, always network And not just network, but maintain your connections through your network. And the second thing I would say would be to always remember to give back. Mm -hmm. BDPA is a volunteer organization. Um, We've always been able to rely on our members to um, help us with the high school computer competition to um, volunteer their time as instructors, volunteer their time as trainers, um, volunteer their time to provide professional development to the students. So we're always, always, always grateful that people are able and willing to give back to the organization. So that's one thing that I am a strong proponent of, of giving back.
0: mm, mm. So when you think about the fact that we're at 2015 and right now the focus continues to be on STEM, um, what are some of the, your thoughts on where technology is going? You mentioned you have some students that are interested in cyber security. Um, when you look at the landscape and and you're involved with students that are in a residential program and uh, a university that wants to make sure that students of all colors have opportunities in technology, what are some of the trends that you think students should be aware of and should be getting involved in um, now so that they're better prepared for the future?
4: Well, I think um, I think the cybersecurity um, for our students is is one of the tracks that that they can take advantage of while they're at Towson um, University. So we have some of the um, the top instructors and uh, researchers in that field, and they could really take advantage of working with them. Also, um, in saying that um, sometimes students don't think about doing research, but um, that is another avenue that I think that students can explore um, doing some type of research in the IT fields. And I know that um, Dr. Bimley is a strong proponent of that, and that's how the IT showcase um, evolved, um, getting students to do research getting students to present papers at conferences, getting students to publish their work. So those are some of the things that we often don't think about and are different avenues um, that students should think about considering.
0: Mm. Very, very true. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening to share with us. Congratulations again for, you know, really combining three different areas and and I'm going to say creating that braid, um, that very strong STEM braid, um within your region and it's exciting to have you with us. Uh I look forward to future collaborations and thanks for uh staying so close to Philadelphia. I know you're not in Philadelphia, but staying close to Philadelphia so that um we can we can stay in touch. So have a great evening.
4: Okay, thank you.
0: Thanks again okay. for the opportunity. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. And I'm going to uh, turn the microphone back over to Jayla to just wrap us up for the evening. And let me give Jayla the mic so that it's easier for her to do that. Okay, Jayla, you're up.
2: Thanks, Fran.
0: Wow, mm-hmm. we had
2: a great lineup of inspiring and informative interviews. Special thanks to our Tuesday, October 27th, 2015 guests, Jean Waddy, CEO of Diversant; Kyle Rivers, instructor at Bloomfield College, and Dr. Charlene Roberson, STEM program director at Towson University. Thank you to our co-hosts, Tim Butts, Ron Story, and myself, Jayla Crew. Thank you to our studio engineer, Gallimore, and thank you to our producer, Fran McNeil. Extra appreciation to Mr. Wayne Hicks, Executive Director of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the BDPA I Radio show. I'm Jayla Cruz, inviting you to listen in on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our next show airs Tuesday, November 10, 2015. Join us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash bdpa.
1: BDPA I Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. And the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA I Radio. Broadcast the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA.